You're listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, lead pastor Eugene Smith will be focusing on what God is raising up here at City Church. God is making City Church into a dangerous church against the devil's kingdom. Find out how you can partner with God in making your life dangerous to the devil's kingdom. Our scripture text comes from Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 40. Today's message is entitled, Dangerous Church. This is why we exist. It's our mission statement. I want everyone to read this with me this morning. Let's say this together now. City Church exists to bring God's love to the city, one person at a time. To worship Jesus with people from every nation, generation, and culture. To connect in relationship together to equip others to be devoted followers of Christ and to release them in their ministry. You see, that's why we are created as a people. It's expressed. It's mission statements. Every church has them. But we endeavor everything we do to center around this mission. Our worship is centered intentionally and purposely to worship Jesus with people from every culture, generation, and nation. The way we equip and train is intentional, leading people into a a, a sincere relationship with Christ. We connect together in homes and in small groups and in different ministries. We're, we're, We're releasing people to do the ministry that Christ has called us to. You see, every church that understands their place, every church that understands why they exist and their mission, They become dangerous. They become really dangerous to the devil. Now, I know what it is to serve the devil. I know what it is to be on the devil's side. And I'm telling you today, I am so thankful that I'm on God's side. I'm so thankful that I'm part of the greatest movement in the history of the world, a thing called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so thankful today that I'm part of a team that wins every time. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand. We're part of a winning team. We are champions for God. We're destined for greatness because we have a great God and we're going to rule and reign with Him forever and ever and ever because He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He is worthy of all our worship and praise. And His name is Jesus. You see, there's characteristics, there's qualities about churches that become very dangerous to the enemy. Sometimes churches experience opposition really because they're just being very effective at what they do. They're really communicating the mission of hope and of Christ in their generation in a very effective way. What I discovered about people who are leaders and people who are always out in front, they got a lot of arrows in their back. I mean, that you think about in any organization, in any business, I mean, you think about any great person in any field of life, there's a lot of people that want to bring them down. If you're striving to be the very best that you can be in your work, there are people that don't like that and want to bring you down. There's always someone trying to pull at you. But I want you to know today, people that are living a dangerous life for Christ are focused. They understand the mission that God has called them to. And the first thing that I want you to see this morning, when we understand this mission, we will proclaim a radical message of change. We will proclaim a radical message of change. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and the message translation, you have it written there. But Peter said, change your life, turn to God, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for this promise is targeted to you and to your children, but also to many who are far off, whomever, in fact, our Master God invites. It's targeted, not just to the people that Peter preached to, 
but for generations to come. It's targeted not just for you today, but for your children and for their children. You see, the reason that we teach and the reason that we train and the reason that we build up families and communicate the love of God to our children is so that they will in turn live the life that God's called them to and the mission is passed on. You see, the promises of God are so real and so rich. You know, we're committed to proclaiming a message of change in our generation. You know what I found about people that are committed to this? Many times they do it in unusual ways. They do it in ways that are different and unique. As a matter of fact, generally people that are really committed to this are thought odd by other people. Just look at the Bible. I mean, as a matter of fact, all the guys in the Bible that were really mightily used, almost all of them were thought odd by a lot of people in their community and culture. A lot of people thought they were crazy. You know, here's the reality. There are people that don't like God. There are people that reject God. There are people that reject you because you love God. It's the way it's going to be. It's the reality of life. It's just the fact. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've experienced it in the workplace, in my own family. I've seen people plug their ears and say they don't want to hear that name ever again. I've experienced that right in front of my face. But see, to those who are perishing, to those who don't know God, sometimes your smell is the smell of death. But to those who recognize they have a need for God, who need to change their life, and they've tried all the other options, or maybe they're just a little child. Because see, every child, every little child knows that there is a God. No one is born believing that there isn't a God. No one. There's not a person on the planet. As a matter of fact, you begin to look around the world, 6.2 billion people, and look at all the ways that people try to find God. All the ways that people try to search for God. All the experiences that people try to have. And the reality is, is that Christianity is what separates people from all the other religions of the world. You see, all the other religions of the world, whatever it is, it's man's attempt to try to find God. Jesus is God's demonstration of his love who came down to a man, to men and women and boys and girls who were separated from him. You see, the reality is one is man trying to do it. The other is God already has through his only son, Jesus Christ. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 15. For to God we are the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death, the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? You're not equal in yourself. You can't do it. But I want to challenge us today as a church. I want to challenge you in your workplace. You see, we're all different. We're all created uniquely and intentionally by God with a specific design and plan. And when you're in your place or your work, your influence, your neighborhood, listen, you either become a fragrance of death or you become a fragrance of life. And sometimes our actions keep us becoming from people who are fragrance of life. You know, the fact is sometimes we're a problem at work and sometimes we irritate other people and not just because of what we say, because we don't work very well. We don't get along with other people. We have problems. We bring our problems and we just spread them around. We think that we have some kind of right when we go to work. And the reality, when you're a believer, you give up all your rights. What you do is you choose to be a person who is dangerous against the kingdom of darkness. And so, see, that's no longer about you. See, as long as you make life about you, you'll be frustrated, you'll be angry, it'll be hard, you won't like your boss, you won't get along with your coworkers. As long as life is about you, now you might have seasons where things are okay, but I'm telling you, it'll, you'll experience it in your life. You'll easily ticked off at the guy in front of you the other day. I mean, listen, I was just, I mean, I literally like two, like two seconds late from turning off from a, uh, from a left-hand turn, and the guy was blaring on his horn, angry, mad. 
And if you're a Christian and you're living like that, and the girl from the call center in Bangladesh is trying to talk to you on the phone, and she can't understand you, and you've said it ten times, and you're saying it over and over, and then you start to get irritated and yelling at them because they got a little script they're reading off. And at that moment, you're not demonstrating the fragrance of Christ. And what I've discovered is the way that I act around people who nobody thinks that they can see is the way that I'll act around people when the press gets pushed on my life. You see, the problem is you can't hide anything from God. He sees every action. He sees the way our attitudes. He sees us in the intense pressure moments of life. And that's who the real us comes out. When the problems, when the challenges, when the intensity of being in the workplace and people are all pressing to get to the next level or, or whatever you're doing in life, that's who the real you is. And you have an option. You have a choice. You're either the fragrance of Christ or you become a smell of death. And I want you to know today, God is here. His grace is amazing. And as you begin to grow in Christ and you begin to understand His purposes, you become more and more effective and more dangerous against the kingdom of God. You see, a dangerous church understands that powerful prayer, that people who are dangerous against the kingdom of God pray boldly. They pray boldly. We love to pray at City Church. We believe in the power of prayer. I have people text me. I have people call me. I have, get Facebooks from people. And I think, you know, and I, I really try to pray for people. No matter how they connect with me, I try to pray. Whatever they're asking me to do. But I want you to know today, you guys are sitting here. You are the people that God wants to use to pray for other people. You see, look what happens in the book of Acts. The Bible says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You see, they were praying, God, give us boldness so that we can go out and do the mission. I mean, when was the last time you actually thought about praying for somebody? When was the last time that you actually took it upon yourself when someone was sick? You said, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. You see, that's what happens when you start to begin to understand that you have a dangerous mission. And it's not about being perfect, but it's because of the grace of an amazing God who loved you and died for you and gave His life for you and has risen from the dead and has empowered you. You're not looking for perfection. You're looking for grace to flow in your life, to pray boldly for other people. A couple of weeks ago here at City Church, we had what we call a we had mega prayer and praise, a Saturday night prayer meeting. It was unbelievable. You know, I mean, I've been a lot of, I grew up in a church, and we had prayer meetings, and everybody kind of sat around a chair, and you couldn't wait. You've been in a prayer meeting where you just couldn't wait to get out of it. I mean, it was like boring, and you're just like, well, and you know, you know Jesus is there, but you're distracted because you're thinking about this, and you're having a hard time. No, no, not that kind of prayer. Not the kind of prayer that you pray over your meal before you eat real quick. No, no, this was prayer. This was the kind of prayer that in the book of Acts, it said that they prayed, and the whole place was shaken. This is the kind of prayer that people couldn't stop praying. This is the kind of prayer that the people that were here were just energized. It was electric. It was powerful. Believing that they had a great God. Why they connected with the God who spoke. You think about that. Who spoke and the worlds came into existence. And so a dangerous church believes in powerful prayer. All throughout scriptures, men who knew God, women who knew God, were people who prayed boldly. A dangerous church lives a risk-taking faith. And so the book of Acts says, so we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you. With our dear friends, Barnabas, Barnabas and Paul. Men who risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jimmy Johnson, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys said, Do you want to be safe and good? Or do you want to take a chance and be great? You see, that's what separates it. We're so afraid of danger. And we've bought into that mindset so much that we are afraid to take risk. 
When was the last time you did something for the very first time intentionally? I mean, sometimes we have things happen to us for the very first time, but it's because, you know, somebody else forced us into it. I mean, intentionally you did something for the very first time. When, when was the last time? When was the last time you did it? My grandpa, his name was Joe, and they actually called him Red because he had red hair, and, and uh, he wore one shirt every day. And uh, Joe lived a very risk-free life. Matter of fact, he had 10 shirts, and they were all the exact same shirt. They were like an orange, some kind of orange, orange and white striped shirt. And every day he went to his workplace at Douglas McDonald, and he was working on whatever he was working there. And, and one day he told one of the guys, said, hey, Joe, hey, Red, you got another shirt beside that shirt? Well, he had 10 of those shirts, so he had plenty to last him for at least two weeks before he needed to wash. And uh, he didn't say anything to the guy. The next day he came with a brand-new shirt. He went out and bought 10 blue and white striped shirts. And every day he went home from work, popped open a beer, Finished a six-pack of beer. Then he popped open a bottle of wine. He rolled his own cigarettes. He didn't smoke pot, but he rolled cigarettes. He was the best cigarette roller I'd ever seen in my life. And that's how he lived his life. And every night he got buzzed and he went to sleep. And he never lived a life of fulfillment. I mean, I knew he loved me and he was a great grandpa because he was the only grandpa that I had and, and all that. And I loved him and he had an influence in my life to accept, you know. But he never lived a life. That was his life. To watch a telly and drink a six-pack. That was his life. Oh, risk-free. Not the way I want to live. Sometimes we need an extreme example to show us what makes you get up in the morning. He said he lives his life to make the impossible. Come on, he lives his life to make the what? No, that's an extreme example. And that guy's taking risks that no one in this room in their right mind would ever take, and that didn't happen overnight. He lived, he's lived his whole life. You can go to globalbalancing.com and watch the rest of the videos. And they, on the, the mountain bike one, I could hardly stomach, because literally you see him over this 4,000-foot cliff balancing on a mountain bike. It just blows your mind. It's unbelievable. Everyone say unbelievable. But see what happens when you enter into the kingdom of God, and you become a dangerous Christian, and you start to impact Satan's kingdom. You start to plunder hell so that heaven can be populated. Unbelievable things start happening. Miracles start happening. Doors start to open. Mission, purpose, money, opportunity. Incredible things start taking place. Why? See, you've taken a risk. You've stepped out. You've been willing to do something that others aren't willing to do. See, a lot of people hear about the message. Most people in this room probably grew up in a church. But they've never stepped outside of their religious tradition of living a comfortable Christian life. They want it comfortable. And you know, I heard one pastor say, you know, my job, my job is not, my job is literally to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. You see, today we become so comfortable that we forget. We forget that people in our city are going to an eternal hell separated from God. We forget all about it. We become consumed in what we're doing and our things and running around and living life. And we get distracted. The fact is sometimes we're more concerned. We're more concerned about being comfortable than we are fulfilling the mission of Christ in our generation. You see, there were people who were dangerous in Jesus' day. There were people dangerous in the book of Acts. The Bible says so they chose and they agreed to send these men, men who were ordinary. You see, a dangerous church is an ordinary people that radically worship Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, it says everyone was filled with awe. 
and wonders and miracles, signs were done by the apostles, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added daily those who were being saved. They saw these men. In Acts chapter 4, they were astonished. They were untrained men. They were unschooled men, but they were men who had been with Jesus. They were real men. They were real men. Real men and real women worship Jesus. And they do it radically. They do it in ways that people don't understand. They express their love to God. They do. They express, express it in an outward way. You see, because what I've discovered about churches that become radical in worship is they become radical in their expression of faith. See, a dangerous church is passionate about sharing Jesus with other people. They become dangerous. They gave them strict orders not to teach in the name of Jesus. They said, guys, you can do whatever you want to us. You can do whatever you want, but we're going to say the name of Jesus. We're going to preach in his name. We're going to rather obey God than obey man. You know, our culture is so politically confused and so worried about political correctness that we live in such a day where wrong is right and right is wrong. It's amazing. It blows my mind the things that are even on the public table for discourse. There's a huge cultural battle taking place right now taking place for the hearts and minds. And the church in America has been trying to be so politically correct and so comfortable for so long that we're so ineffective. But I want you to know there is a group of people that are rising up. There were 124, I counted on myself, young people in this building, about as many people as in here right now. They were in here, and they were going for God. Right, Pastor Glenn? It was incredible. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand clap. We have a youth ministry that in this city, in the city of Sanford, is the largest youth ministry in this city. We have over 250 kids that identify. And you know what? Their parents don't go to church here. 90% of the kids that go to this church, their parents don't come here. They come by bikes. They run by skateboard. They beg, borrow, steal. They get there any way they can because God is here. And they don't even play games. You guys don't even play games. We don't even have a video box or an X game for them to play. We just get them to start praying. We get them to start worshiping. We get them to start realizing the power of God. Now, we want to do some of that. We pray we can get somebody someday to do some of that. But, but let me tell you, when your life is changed, when you encounter Christ for real, man, it ain't about playing games any longer. It's about getting serious about your faith. It's about making a difference in your generation. And guys, I know this is kind of all the way to the metal, man. This is strong. This is hard. But I believe radical churches, radical churches make radical impacts in their community. And share their faith in ways that other people never would. Now, I'm not, I'm not bragging about this. And I'm not even telling anybody to do this because this was really stupid. But when I was first a young preacher, I was in my early 20s. So I'm 46, so over 20 years ago. I was so on fire for God. I was so radical for Jesus. I drove a school bus illegally. Now, don't ever do this. We, we, have, we drove buses here. We drive buses. and We don't do that. Everybody gets CDLs now. But I was dumb and young. And, but I was so passionate for Christ. I jumped in a 66-passenger school bus, and I drove it every week. And I, and I was so busy in the kingdom, and it was wrong, and I know it was wrong, and don't save the letters. I've already repented and asked God to forgive me, but I was so radical. I was so zealous with that knowledge, and God had mercy on us, and nothing ever happened, but I'd drive my school bus every week into projects and pick up kids to go to church. And one night, we had a big outreach, and I took my 66-passenger bus, and I went to my neighborhood's. I started picking up kids, and they kept coming, and they kept coming. And by the time I got back to the church, I unloaded that bus. A 66-passenger bus had 132 people on it. 
And then I ran inside the building and I preached Jesus to them. And man, kids are raising their hand. They're getting saved. They're coming to the altar. No, that was radical and it wasn't wise. And God had mercy on our soul. And, but I'll tell you what, you know what? Sometimes we cross the line and that's right. But boy, I guarantee you God wasn't ticked off. You know, I mean, I know obey the laws of the land and I was, you know, I shouldn't have done it. But guys, sometimes to get things off center, we do things don't quite right. And I love this guy at Life Church TV in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He says it like this. If your church isn't messy and it doesn't seem to be out of control, you're probably not going fast enough. You're probably not going fast enough. Fastest growing church in America. 25,000 people. Seven states. 27 services every single week. They're running, they run so fast. Are they doing it all right? Of course not. People getting saved. Getting baptized. Lives being changed. You see, you want to do it all perfectly. And if you think it's about you and your worship experience, you're in the wrong place because it ain't about you. It's about a world that desperately needs a message of hope and change in this generation. Come on, amen. And when you come to this place, you're going to be taught. You're going to be preached at. You're going to be yelled at. You know, when I'm I'm preaching, I'm yelling. When I'm teaching, I'm telling. And we just got all kinds of people here that will love you. You're going to get into a small group, and you're going to grow in Christ. And your children are going to love God. You know what? You know the greatest thing in my life is that my two boys that are 19 and 14 love going to church. They beg me to bring them up here. You know what's so cool is that the children that come to City Church, I hear it all the time, they can't wait to go to church. They're dragging their parents See, because church alive is worth the drive. And you ought to be telling somebody. You've got to be telling. We well, thank God for these guys that came from Illinois. But guys, you took up 25 seats that our people need to be bringing. Last thing I want to mention this morning is that a dangerous church loves generously. A dangerous church loves generously. Guys, this place has such a heart of love. But something happened in our church. Something happened here three weeks ago that rocked our world. Three weeks ago, a man that was a member of our church moved to Smyrna with his family, left a couple of years ago. Good friend of mine. He's still in my phone book. His name is Jeff Sanders. 53 years of age. Boom. Gone. Gone. 53 years of age. One of our own. One of our own brothers. Lieutenant Dennis Stewart of the Castleberry Police Department. Felt sick on Friday. Didn't go to work. Was throwing up. By Wednesday, they took him to the emergency room. Still don't know what happened. He never left the hospital that night. His son, Dave Stewart, is somewhere here. Where's Dave at? I already left. Dave Stewart was the big muscle guy, bench 450 pounds, standing next to me on the stage. That was his dad. Dennis was a brother here at our church. Largest funeral I've ever preached in my life was Dennis Stewart's funeral. It took place just two weeks ago on a Tuesday. Radically changed this church. I don't know what's happened, but I tell you, we loved in a way that we've never loved this church, I saw, I've been past, we started this church 10 years ago. I saw this church love in a way that we've never loved. We opened our heart wide open to that family. We opened our heart wide open to the police department of, of Castleberry. We opened our heart wide open. We had over 1,200 people that we ministered to in two days because of Dennis Stewart's life. It was an unbelievable thing. Those are real numbers. We've actually counted. They got them registered, written down in a registry book. I ain't pre- pre- preaching evangelistically. I'm telling you. When I gave the altar call, men, policemen who were, you know, afraid to raise their hand. David just shared the impact that his David made on his life. And I shared a short message of hope. Many men and women across that room raised their hand to receive the life-changing power of Christ. It was amazing. 
We love generously. You see, we love to give. We took an offering. Norma's not here. She was in second service. We took an offering for the family. It was incredible. We gave. Tuesday night at the reception, we came back to the church, and I don't know how many, there were many, many people that came to that. And uh, there was a call that went out to our church, and we need you to bring food. We didn't know how many people, there'd be 100, 200, because the funeral had taken place at, at uh, 11 o'clock, and it was 6.30, the, re- the, the reception, because the, the burial place was all the way out in wild, someplace, Wildwood or someplace, I mean, crazy, two and a half hours. I took a police escort. I had 150, I was in the front, you know, the funeral guy, and then the family, and then the, the preacher boy right behind him. And uh, t- over two hours driving through Central Florida with 150 cops chasing me on my rear. <laughs> We stopped traffic, guys, and we stopped traffic. The city of Orlando, literally every place that we went shut down. It was an amazing thing. It was absolutely amazing. And I came back here, and I walked into this room that had been set up like a buffet room. There was more food than I'd ever seen. As a matter of fact, our ladies told me they had to tell people to stop bringing food. There was so much food. And we fed hundreds and hundreds of people. And that night, we were giving food away. I mean, there are ladies walking around with Ziploc bags. Oh, look at that. Ooh, look at that plate. Look at that smoke pool port. Look at that plated. I mean, we're just, we lived. We loved generously. You know, a lot of people really struggle with tithing and all oh, that church. all want your money. That's stupid. There is no one here. Trust me. I know some preacher boys that get rich, but this preacher boy ain't getting rich. I'm telling you that right now. Not happening. Not even close. I live for the cause of Christ. I'd give my whole life for this thing. If I didn't have to take a paycheck, I'd keep doing this. And I've done it more than once. Trust me. Many times. I don't care. I'm here because people need the love of God in this city. And so for me, tithing's never an issue, giving. See, you can give and not love. I've been around, I'm 46. I've been around a lot of wealthy people. And I know people that have given large amounts of money, millions of dollars. And they got their names put on the side of buildings. And, you know, that's great. And thankful that they could, I'm grateful that they could do that. But you can't love God without giving. Because when you really love God and you're sold out to the mission, you're willing to do like Schindler did at the end of that movie in Schindler's List where he took off his ring. When he realized that he could have done more, he could have sold that last gold ring, he said, I could have done more. That's what he said. And I believe that. Because that's how I live my life. And my perfect, the guys on my board know, my staff knows, I'm far from it, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. See, we have a mission. And I want you to see the mission that God's called us to in the city. You see, this is what City Church, a dangerous church, is willing to do and what we're going to become. I want you to read it for yourself. We will lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We will train and equip and serve and release ordinary people who have been with Jesus. We will fellowship with others of like faith in our homes and small groups around the community. We will baptize boys and girls and young people and adults on a weekly basis. We will give generously to others so as to hasten the return of Jesus in our generation. We will meet in multiple locations. We will communicate God's truth by every means possible over the internet through in touch cards. Today you were given a touch card. Listen, that's not for you to put in your pocket and throw home. Uh, throw away when you get home, put it in the garbage. That's for you to leave at a restaurant and invite someone to hear about a powerful message next week called The Dash. Called The Dash. If they only had 30 days to live, what would they do? There, some co-work at work. Maybe you're afraid to talk to them about the Lord. Just invite them. Bring, give them a card. I want you to know today we're, we're committed to doing it 
working in any way possible by internet, by television, by radio, whatever it takes to communicate the love of God. It ain't about me, guys. It's about what God wants to do in the lives of others. And when you begin to flow in that zone, when you begin to recognize that you live a fulfilled life, and my whole goal in life is to help you live a fulfilled life. We communicate God's truth by every means possible, even by ways that have not been invented yet. We'll use them when they come. We will meet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our influence will grow and grow and grow. We will have 10 worship experiences a week within the next three years. Right now we have six worship experiences every single week that take place on this campus. In the next three years, we will have 10 worship experiences. Within the next five years, we will have 15 worship experiences in multiple locations and 20 worship services within the next 10 years meeting in multiple locations throughout the Central Florida area. Oh, Pastor, you're just blowing smoke. Well, you're right. Without God, we can't do anything. How is it going to happen, Pastor? Without God, we can't do it. But with God and people who are willing to take a risk, all things are possible to them that believe. You see, you can be part of a great church. You can join up right now. And the only thing you have to do to join up is to join Jesus' team. You're not joining my team. You're joining Jesus' team. And right now, I don't know where you're at with God. People come here from every background, from every walk of life. I don't know where you're at. But I'm telling you, when I had to look at all the options that were laid before me, I realized really it was the best option that I had. And I've never regretted it for a moment. I've never turned back. Oh, I've struggled. I've had problems. But let me tell you today, the moment I decided to become a Christ follower, it was the greatest decision that I ever made. The second one was marrying my wife, Laura Jean Loy. Second best decision that I ever made. I want you to know today, God's got some big, hairy, audacious goals. We've got a young man. Is he in the service? Where's Michael? Future NBA star right here. Future NBA star right here. Come on, give Michael a great big hand. Michael, I speak that over you because Michael loves Jesus. And he's going to figure out a lot of things on his way to the NBA. But let me tell you today, God's going to give him a platform, a place to communicate. Men that are here today, maybe, maybe you're gifted to play professional baseball. You see, it ain't about you making, yeah, you're going to make lots of money, and that's cool, and that's great. But let me tell you, the platform that God will give you if you serve him, he'll make you the greatest player that you could have ever been because you're about a mission. And he'll open doors, and he'll go before you and make things possible that would have never been possible. You're here today, and you're a construction worker, but you got a desire to start a business and something in you. And so, you know what? I don't know if I should take a risk in this environment. I want you to know today, today is the best day on planet Earth to do it. When other people are backing up, it's time for believers to move forward. Someone said amen. If you're a person today, you haven't joined Jesus' team, because it is all about Jesus today. It's not about city church. It's not about me. It's not about lots of numbers. Well, I'll tell you what. They counted every number in the book of Acts. 3,000 the first day, and a couple days later, they had 5,000. They knew. They knew. Because people's lives were being transformed. People's lives were being changed. You count every dollar you get in your paycheck. You know exactly, exactly how much money you got. If you get shorted, you're the first one to run to the boss and say, hey, they were short on my paycheck. I didn't get enough dollars. You were counting your dollars. God counts souls. He counts the hairs that are left on top of my head. God counts. He's concerned. But let me tell you today, it's so easy. You just got to surrender. Thanks for listening to this message, Dangerous Church, with lead pastor Eugene Smith. 
For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.